0: It's not fall yet, but when you get up in the morning and it's chilly outside, you can smell it coming.
1: Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of September 2nd, 2010. I know what you mean about fall coming. Even though we've just had a couple of mornings lately that dipped down into the 60s, which meant that overnight we had a nice, peaceful way to sleep in the cooler weather, um, even though that has been a brief period, I'm already getting really pumped for fall. Uh, Absolutely, and, and of course, when
0: you have had the brutal summer we have had. It really has
1: been unfairly brutal. But um, I'm excited, too, about the shift in our attention from summer planting to fall planting. It's just a whole other gear. And we earlier mentioned the idea we might have more of a laid-back garden in the fall. So I'm trying my best to stick to that idea. Well, let's
0: talk a little bit about the effect we're seeing of the cooler weather right now on Veg Hill.
1: Okay. Well, I don't know enough to know whether the cessation of the purple hull peas production is tied in with the cooler weather.
0: I suspect it's not. Yeah. I suspect they just had their fruit and they finished.
1: And now. they finished. Um, but the the other plants are, that were that we're producing are still doing fine. Um I'm still seeing plenty of stink bugs, so it's not cool enough yet to drive them away. Um, still seeing evidence of squash bugs. I have to pick the eggs off of those leaves, but I will say my squash is doing much better than it has been in a while. Your
0: squash is looking positively radiant right now. Yeah.
1: We actually harvested a few really nice straight neck squash and a nice zucchini the other day. We've got some... New crooknecks in the making, so I, I'm pleased about that.
0: And I should say that we are having this experience as all around us have chopped off their garden plants, folded them in, worked them into the soil, folded up the, everything, and gone home. Yeah. It's, we feel like we're the only ones still growing anything here in um, early September. Yeah. I'm sure we're not. We're not. But, um it certainly is a phenomenon worth mentioning that many of our peers got all excited about their gardens in the summer, and by the end of August, they had had it. They were ready to fold them up and go home.
1: Yeah, And, and we've also mentioned on previous podcasts how we got a late start this year. So one of the reasons I think we're still having production at this time is that we did indeed get a late start, and so some of the uh, the plants are are kind of coming into their own now. And to add to that, the fact that some of my earliest efforts came to naught corn that didn't germinate. Oh, I could just name any number of things. Uh, <laughs> squash seeds that didn't germinate. and after And specifically to talk about the squash, after those didn't work out, then I went out and bought some squash plants, put those out. Those didn't make it. And I came back Yet a third time with some more summer squash. I mean, I'm not even talking about getting into winter squash and pumpkins yet.
0: Which and is then, a great illustration of a gardening maxim. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Yeah. Take another pass at it. Don't give up. Yeah. Um. Don't and, shrug your shoulders and go back to bed. Say, right. now I'll try another way.
1: I would agree with that. And the fact that I really didn't inspect those failed plants, the the purchased ones that well. It could be that the squash bugs were already getting those and I just didn't know to look for them. So unfortunately I planted the new ones back in the same spot and I have ended up pulling some of those. I planted a lot of squash and I've ended up pulling and and, um, destroying any number. However of those that remained um, and especially the most recent planting of squash that was intended for the fall garden, pumpkins, that kind of thing. Well, actually, those were a little bit before that, but those I have learned about squash bugs and squash vine vine borers, and I've been more vigilant. So that effort really has paid off.
0: It sure has. Your squash just looks great these days. So
1: yeah. So anyway, we should be happy. We're we're late with things, but as you said, because of that, some of our veg is continuing into the early fall, and uh, I'm enjoying Why don't enjoying you give it.
0: us a quick little summary of what you've recently planted on row six? Okay,
1: yeah, row six is the row that we had specifically designated for the fall plantings. Not to say that some of these other things aren't scattered around, you know, the squash and, these, uh, sure. and some of the cucumbers have been scattered about other places, but that row, well, my first effort there came to naught. I planted um, some broccoli seed. The seed was actually from last year's stock because I had already blown my allotment of <laughs> broccoli seed from this year, trying to start them from seed, and that all didn't work. So, uh, so anyway, um, tried that. That didn't. That they did not germinate in the the length of time, the maximum length of time, which I think was 17 days that the seed packet specified. Um, so we've covered that up already. Then I. Same thing with s- kohlrabi from seed. Nothing. Covered that up. Um, I have planted some carrot, rutabaga, and parsnip. Nothing has emerged yet, although we're, I'm keeping my fingers crossed because those. That's right, you
0: have not yet given up on them, I have but it not. doesn't look good.
1: I have planted those seeds in some of that froggy bottom topsoil that you purchased. Yeah. That's such nice, uh, rich soil. Enriched with, I think you said it was uh, mushroom compost. Mushroom
0: compost, sand, and mulch. Right.
1: So I'm giving that some time. And then most recently, I put out, well, the two things most recently. Cabbage. The first cabbage was um, what little remained from my, started from seed transplants. Only one, count them, one out of about 20 plants that I put out the other day survived. And I haven't even looked today to see if that's still true. They were just so small and delicate. They just didn't seem to be. They really were. They
0: never really got a chance to no. develop into no. uh worthwhile seedlings. Mm-mm. So
1: So that that was a failure. But yesterday I planted sixty-three plants that we purchased. They're Bonnie plants. I have a combination of broccoli, um, I think the other thing I put out mostly were Brussels sprouts mm-hmm. and some cabbage, red yes. cabbage. And then I have a few more plants waiting, some some lettuce and some kohlrabi. No, I'm sorry, some lettuce and some kale and um some more cabbage to put out.
0: And what you've put out is roughly 60% of the total that you've purchased and your plan is to purchase maybe a few tomatoes yeah, today. Yeah, I want
1: to see if I can find some to- some more tomatoes. And also uh, to supplement what we have that's still alive out in our garden. Not producing anything, but it is alive. And also... um,
0: But we remain hopeful.
1: More cabbage, yeah. It it
0: looks as if this is going to do well.
1: And I have plans to start, to try to start some more seeds in the ground. And that would be some kohlrabi. We bought some purple kohlrabi to try and some various lettuces, and then I've ordered some garlic that hasn't come in yet. That's supposed to ship in September. Are you planning
0: for that to go in in the fall? Yes, it's supposed to go in in the fall. Hope you have room for it.
1: And possibly onion sets.
0: Okay. Well, good. Well, we'll be keeping you posted on that as the season continues and we have a chance to put some things in and so forth. Back to the uh, theme of anticipating the fall, it's been nice to wake up on these cool mornings and I guess nice to go to sleep when the weather has cooled off a little bit.
1: Much nicer. Yeah, and I know that you, uh, you've you been busy getting our land in shape and cutting down trees that were dead or doomed, and now we're kind of glad because we see firewood season right around the corner.
0: And we're ready to go. We have um, our, what we've learned is that it takes us about uh, five pallets to get through the winter, that's uh, roughly one and a fourth cords, and by that I mean honest-to-goodness cords, uh, eight by four by four, and um, we think we're well-positioned because we've got six pallets undercover that have been there since June, I guess. Yeah, so
1: that's pretty good, and you know, this is really the first early fall period that we've lived here in this apartment. Uh, We moved in last year in November, so we weren't here to experience the effectiveness of your passive solar design for our living space. You want to talk a little bit about what we're seeing?
0: Well, sure. Um, One of the things that we did when we started designing the barn is we wanted to make sure that we could get the most out of the sun when we could, And so what we've done is orient the barn directly east and west, and it has south-facing windows that are rather generous, and um, they are under an overhang. So during all of the summer when it was so hot, we never had any sun penetrate the apartment. But here in August, uh, I'm sorry, September, um, here in September we're beginning to see a little sun creeping in to the apartment we're looking at a little sun on the floor of the barn coming in from the windows right now because it's a sunny day and of course as the winter continues there will be a much larger patch of sun coming in and it will help us to keep the apartment warm during the day
1: right so it's it seems to be working we're pleased with this design and uh we hope that when someday when we build our lodge, we can use the same idea. We,
0: tend to, we plan to replicate the design, maybe just a little bit longer overhang. We have a 24-inch overhang, and if we had 30, I think it would be welcome because we'd probably be keeping the sun out now. And of course, right now we don't need sun. We need to be more cooling than heating.
1: Yeah, it may be September, but if you're not from Alabama, you might not know that. It doesn't matter what the calendar says. It's going to be hot in September. It doesn't even when after the first day of fall officially, which is September 21st. That's right. It'll
0: be hot most of September, and then we'll begin seeing some honest to goodness cooling in October. But it is—it's certainly not as brutally hot as it was in July. No, that's, that's true.
1: Well, we've continued uh, our learning even into our middle years here. Uh, by today, we had our first actual class in Master Gardener.
0: And boy, was it terrific. We had a great lecture today from Carrie Smith, mm-hmm. did you say? Yeah. Carrie is a botanist and uh, the state coordinator for the Master Gardener program. And we learned all about botany today, plant physiology and taxonomy. It was just a well-done program.
1: Yeah, it was, it was great for me because, and it really was a review. I had taken botany way back in college years, but that's been a long time. So uh, she presented, Carrie presented the information in a clear way that, you know, didn't talk down to anybody. For those of us who are just reviewing, which I think would be most people uh, in the room. And it was just really interesting. I, it helps me understand a lot more about root systems and you know the naming classifications for plants and all of that. And it's
0: how just, plants grow, how they get their moisture. How does, how does moisture get up to the plant from the roots? I, I never really understood that and I'm sure there's a, not a whole there's a, there's a great deal I still don't understand about it, but I do get it a little better than I did before today.
1: Yeah, I'm already going to be kinder to my plants, I think, as a result of this. (laughs) There you go.
0: (laughs) We had a chance to get back to our suburban home, and I made an observation to you, and I thought it might be worthwhile to share it on the podcast. Um, It was striking to me, after having been away from the suburbs for so long, to drive through our suburb, which is upper middle class to upper class in Birmingham. And see the huge houses that just go on and on and on and on, just one huge house after another. That was striking. What was really striking, though, was to realize that I had lived there for how long? Did we? Thirty years. Thirty no, years. Yeah,
1: thir- not in that neighborhood, but twenty-seven years in that neighborhood. All right, so yeah. I
0: lived there for more than twenty-five years. And had become thoroughly comfortable with those huge monster houses. They seemed normal to me. And it's only after we've gotten away from that, and then when we go back, that I realize, oh my goodness, they're huge. Yeah. And that was interesting to me, so I thought it was worth passing along.
1: Yeah, it's, um, of course, not all of those houses have been there for 27 years. Some of them are much newer than that. But I certainly understand Where you're coming from, that we become accustomed to what we see every day, and it seems to be, quote, normal, unquote. And I think our new definition of normal is a little.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a little (laughs) more humble. A little more humble,
1: a little more downscale. (laughs) But that's okay, because I think that's more reality for the majority of the world. And we are looking forward to um, selling that house, even though we do, we have a lot of friends there, and we'll always want to go visit. But the fact of the matter is we're ready to move on permanently to this life and uh, and I think we have the be- we're the better for it ourselves. Can't speak for everybody. Can that wouldn't be true for everybody, but it is for us.
0: And we got a little taste this last weekend of what we have to look forward to with our life here at Longleaf Breeze because we had a chance to go pick pears with my brother Dave Gray.
1: That's right. He has a really nice orchard down in South Montgomery County and uh It takes a lot of pride, and rightfully so, because he takes really good care of his fruit trees. So we went down and sampled all different kinds of pears and picked some. We plan to make some preserves with them.
0: We will never have the depth and width of selection that Dave Gray has, but we certainly hope to have some pears.
1: Yeah, we do. We've got four pear trees out in the orchard now that we planted last winter. Two Orients and two moon glows, and uh, we hope that they will make good jam for us someday, or maybe some uh, preserves, or just eat them right off the tree, <laughs> um, because I do like pears, and we, we actually kind of had a meal of pears that day as we sampled each tree and went know, from one to the weren't other. I they good? And you might want to mention his Dixie Grapes. Those are good.
0: We have four muscadine plants here on Veg Hill, and two of them are what they call Dixie variety, which is a bronze muscadine. And we sampled some Dixie grapes with Dave Gray, and we have a great deal to look forward to. Yes, those are
1: really tasty. (laughs) They
0: were delicious. Muscadines are just hard down good.
1: So we plan to plant about, what did we decide? Five more plants out um, in, the, in our orchard, in our vineyard, whatever you want to call it. And um, we'll see how that works out. Well, you might want to talk about one of your other projects this week. you got your tractor going out there.
0: We have done some work on the Kitts Trail, uh, which is what we've christened the little bitty trail that goes from the lodge site down to the barn. And that's that we call it the kids' trail because that's our hope and expectation that our grandchildren will use it to travel from the lodge to the barn. That's right. And uh, what I did this week was not so much focused on the trail, although I did layer it with hay, but there is a grove of trees that it encircles. And I got out in that grove and pulled down a lot of the grapes and other vines and cleared back some brush. So you can see through it easily, and it's a little more inviting now. So yeah. I was real glad to get that done.
1: And I really appreciate it. I like for my surroundings to be inviting. Yes. Um, and also, your other project was the compost tea. Talk Wasn't about that. Wasn't that, that was fun.
0: fun. We had, uh, we've been sort of brewing compost tea, and we've learned what I was doing was not the right way to do it. So I won't tell you what we did. But what we've learned is the right way is to use some kind of little bag. And you put compost in the bag and just let it sit in water for a while. Don't believe those people who say you have to pump air through it. That's not right. You're fine just letting it sit in the water. And it um, perks in the sun and becomes this nice solution that is just swimming with microbes. And what we did is take that and just spray it on most of the things that were growing on Veg Hill because it strengthens them and gives them ex- an extra tool or two to fight pests and so forth. At least so, we hope so. At we'll, least we let hope you know. so. So that's our plan going forward. Well, Changing almost, our schedule. I was going to say, I'm almost
1: out of time, but you might want to make that announcement. Why don't you? Well, we are going to have to do our podcast a day early from now on, at least for the foreseeable future, uh, because we are we have Master Gardener classes on Thursday in the mornings. And then on Thursday afternoon, beginning next week, we will go not directly there, but almost directly to our church for um, the Education for Ministry, shortened to EFM, um, to study about the Bible and church history. And we just think that's going to be a really interesting study. It's a four-year commitment. Um, And we're looking forward to it. But that all ended up happening on the same day, Thursday. So we said, we we can't do that on a podcast. Let's be realistic. So uh, we're going to switch to Wednesdays. So we
0: will look forward to visiting with you in six days rather than seven next week.
1: Have a great week until then. Bye. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee
0: and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at... 334-625-8682, send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com, or you can send us honest to goodness mail at P.O. Box 780-446, Talesee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read
1: the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.